0: Welcome to the Sports and Entertainment Podcast, brought to you by MarketScale. I'm your host, Daniel Litwin. Finding a job you're passionate about is key to being successful, and nowhere is this more important than the sports industry. But beyond just being a professional athlete, there are so many opportunities to enter the sports world. It's just about finding them. Here to give us some more insight on the current state of finding a career in the sports industry is Brian Clapp. Director of Content for WorkInsports.com. Brian, how are you doing today?
1: Daniel, I'm doing well. Thanks for having me on.
0: Yeah, thanks again for coming on. I'm really interested in diving into this aspect of the sports industry. You now I feel like when people think, oh, I want to get a job in sports, the only idea that comes to mind is time to become a professional athlete. And you know that's just not that's not gonna happen for most people. Plenty of people still want to be involved in the sports industry, though. So I think what I want to start off with is the difficulty of finding a job in the sports industry. I feel like it can be a tougher industry to find that first career move in. So what have you seen?
1: I think you hit the nail on the head in a lot of different ways there. There's a lot of people that come into this with this perception of I'm a sports fan I've loved sports my entire life. I've played sports my entire life. I can tell you who the 1996 uh, NBA uh, MVP was and finals MVP was. So therefore I'm qualified to work in the sports industry and they have it in their head. They've got this frame of reference that I'm qualified because I know the publicly accessible sports information that is out there. And I think that's where people fall flat, is that this is a multi-billion dollar global industry that has exactly, it's rooted in the exact same business principles as any Fortune 500 company. There, There are rules of engagement in a way you could say. You have to have a deep skill profile and then balance that with an additional fandom in sports. So you have to be able to know the background of the industry, but also be able to perform. I mean, these are task oriented jobs. These are strategic oriented jobs. There's jobs in sales. Any of the jobs that are currently accessible in the business world whether it's sales or marketing or operations or what have you, analytics. All of those things exist in the sports industry because these are businesses. All of these teams that you see on TV are focused on generating revenue. That's how they get the top athletes. There is no big free agent signing unless they're selling tons of tickets and they're selling tons of merchandise. So there's no fancy facilities if they're not getting broadcasting right deals. So these are huge organizations that are based around revenue creation and yes, they are entertainment focused. And yes, it feels good to be a part of the sports industry. But the only way you're going to get your foot in the door is to have a skill set that is needed in the industry. You know, for myself personally, I graduated college and again, huge sports fan. I wanted to go into the sports media. I got hired right out of college at CNN Sports Illustrated. To cover sports as a production assistant, and the reason I got hired is because I had an exact skill they needed. They were starting a new sports network. They needed people with nonlinear editing skills who also had sports knowledge. I had that skill. I had that thing that the industry needed, and because of that, I was able to get my foot in the door. And I think that's how people need to approach entering the sports industry. It takes a lot more than just fandom. They have to be able to have a skill set that is needed by the industry that they can then fill. And if they are able to do that. then they're going to find that there's really fun and great opportunities in the sports industry.
0: On the other end, too, let's say they have those skills, but they're just completely detached from the sports world. It's going to be hard to find a job in the sports industry because, I don't know, I feel like more so than a lot of other industries, you have to have a burning passion for the teams and, and for the culture of sports and entertainment that you, know, you might not necessarily need to get involved in other industries. You can't really fake it for sports.
1: It's true. It's almost like there's a special language in a way. I remember when I first started in the industry, and I want to just be really straight with people here, my schedule, sports happen at night, right? I mean, they're happening on weekday nights, on weekends, on holidays, all those events. So when I first started working at CNN, Sports Illustrated, I was working six at night until two in the morning. I was working four in the morning until noon. Sometimes I was, my off days were like Tuesdays and Wednesdays. I worked on Christmas. I worked on Thanksgiving and you know what? I loved every minute of it. I'm not looking back and saying, wow, that was a really terrible choice. I didn't love sports. If I didn't love the teams, if I didn't love covering the the events that were happening, then that would have gotten old really quick. And I know a lot of people that I started out with who were kind of sports fans and they didn't last very long. You know, you have to have this certain passion and energy for it, or else you're not going to be happy and you're not going to last. People that work in sales who are trying to sell tickets or premium sales or sponsorship sales or whatever, same thing. They have to have that deep passion for it because I think you sell anything better if you believe in it. And if you believe in your team and your organization, that's going to matter. If you're in marketing, you're going to promote something better if you really have a deep passion and excitement and, and for it. And that's one of the things we try to embody and talk about with workinsports.com is that this is an opportunity to make your passion something you feel really strongly about into your career. We don't want there to be this disconnect of people who love sports, but then work for, you know, company X that makes widgets or it makes concrete products or something like there's no reason you shouldn't work in something you feel passionate about. You're going to spend a lot of time there. And if you do then get into sports because it's fun. And I will tell you, just to circle back to your original question, when I went through my first interview, they gave me a sports quiz. like I had a 40-question sports quiz I had to handle. They came out of the same way you did, that if you don't know about sports you shouldn't be here. So you have to not only have the deep skill set of being able to do the job and the tasks that you're going to be given, but you also have to prove that you have a knowledge of this industry or else you're just not going to be qualified for us. So yeah, I had to I had to pass a sports quiz and you don't you don't hear that in a lot of job interviews that you're going to get some sort of a quiz on the job.
0: It sounds almost funny like a like a joke, but but at the end of the day, it, that is essential. You know, they don't want someone coming in who can't articulate, you know, who the best player on the Cardinals is right now or something. You know, like, if you're getting a job working in their media department, like, if if you're clueless, then there's, there's no point in hiring you. But, you know, and extrapolating a little bit, I think what really you said that stuck with me is being happy in the job that you're in, and I got my degree in broadcast journalism, specifically radio and television, and for the longest time, you know, I was... Planning to go into local news reporting, and it—it was a lot of what you said too, right? Both your job and my job would have been long hours, very unstructured, very sporadic. And what I realized was I'm just not passionate enough about local news reporting to be happy doing this because my hours are going to be so so different than what I'm used to and not something that I'm particularly looking forward to. But if it was a job I cared about, it wouldn't matter. But it's, it's about finding that thing that makes you passionate. So now transitioning a little bit, going back to, you know, people that actually care about sports and have the skill set. So, you know, we're talking about people that are passionate about it and want to get into the market, but maybe don't know where to start. How do you think we can leverage technology to help people find those jobs?
1: So I use this example all the time, and I think it's a really powerful one, or at least I, I personally think it's a powerful one. There's really easy ways to reverse engineer kind of your passion a little bit. I tell people all the time is to go find five jobs. The, the title sounds interesting. You know, we have 7,500 available sports jobs on our job board right now. I tell people go look at, pick out five, right? Read through those job descriptions and see if it interests you. And if it does, don't worry about, you're not applying for these jobs, so don't worry about where it is or how much money it is or nothing like that, because information is power as a stage. And there's more information now than there, there was when I was graduating college, that's for sure. I tell people find five jobs that sound interesting to you, read through them, make sure they still sound interesting after you actually read the job description and see what you're going to be doing and then do almost a self audit. You know, look at your skill set and what things you are able to do currently and then look at what these jobs are requiring. Line those two things up, figure out where the gaps are and then make yourself a game plan in order to be the right person possible employee that you can be, you know, make yourself as attractive as possible. And so I think a lot of it comes down to utilizing the information that's out there. To take it one step further, you'll find when you look through a lot of jobs in the sports industry or any industry, there's going to be little requirements like we want somebody that knows Photoshop and you might not think, wow, I want to work in sports, I need to know Photoshop, but you're going to find things like that or Premiere Pro or other um, pro audio tools or anything like that. The more little things you can learn, and there's so many easy ways to do it. There are so many sites now that do online training. You can watch YouTube videos. You can just buy the product and try it out through their manuals. Get to know more tools that can help you out and you're going to find yourself being a better fit for a lot of different jobs out there. You know, we're currently working on some matching technology too with our site where we're able to have somebody submit their resume and then we're able to scan through our entire database and give them back information on these are the jobs we think you're the best match for. And then we're flipping it around to the other side too and saying. If you're an employer looking for to hire people, you can go through our database and find the people with the exact skill set you want and contact them directly. So we're trying our best too to make it more of an active pursuit of jobs rather than just we're a passive job board where there's a list of jobs and an apply now button. We're trying to make it a more active process where people can put in their information, get back some good matches, and then on the other side too, employers can make their their process more efficient as well. I know as someone who's been in charge of hiring a lot. One of the biggest problems I always had was knowing that when I hired somebody, it was either going to be a big fail or a big success. There was a lot of stress that went into bringing in a new person on team because you're going to spend months trying to train them, get them up to speed, and they're not the right match. You're really setting yourself back a lot. But if you hit that right person, I've hired people that are at jobs that still work at the company. I hired them for even like 10 years after I've been gone. And you look at that and say, man, I really, that one moment of hiring somebody made a really positive impact. So we understand how important it is to not only hire the right people, but for somebody to put themselves in the right position. And if we can help make that system work a little bit better, all the, I mean, everybody's happy. Everybody wins in that, that scenario.
0: I think the personalizing of the job search is what's really going to push it to the next level. Like you said, you know, you're not just hopping onto the LinkedIn or ZipRecruiter and browsing through something that matches a keyword search, but it's something that's actually matching your personality and your skill set. So, I'm really interested in what the technology is that makes that possible. You said you're working on some matching technology. Could you give us some insight on how that tech works to actually be a little more predictive about what employers want and what potential employees are looking for?
1: It's interesting. Just this past week, I published on our podcast, The Work and Sports Podcast, we talked with Dr. Samuel Todd, who is actually a researcher in human resources analytics, and he focuses in on the sports industry. So What we're doing is both. We're doing both and in a way. We're using technology and algorithms to be able to pull out Keywords out of job descriptions and somebody's resume, and doing that kind of a basic match. But we're also trying to build off of contextual cues and understand more of data points and how all those things can tie into success metrics. At the same time, we're also going, I guess you'd call it a little bit old school, and talking to more. Researchers and professors, and saying, okay, how do you determine fit? What is that thing? What is that? How do you quantify knowing that somebody is a fit for a certain job? What do the patterns look like when somebody is taking a job and is successful in that role and happy in that role versus someone who gets into a job and fails at it? So I think we're trying to approach it from a lot of different angles, not just being an algorithm in a cold sense of like you are a seventy three percent match because you had these keywords and they had those keywords. We're trying to be a lot more contextual and then at the same time try to get to that pulse and that heart and that almost intent level of understanding how success kind of builds off of that initial attraction to a job or uh, that desire to work in the sports industry and try to build off of that. It's a lot. It's a lot that's going into it. And it's, a, it's one of those big projects that we're testing out in a lot of different layers. We've actually rolled out some of our matching technology and it's a, like a star system and you get a score back and we're getting there. We're getting closer and closer in each uh, new iteration of it. And we've had some really good feedback and we're continually trying to work on that process. We're working with different recruiters to figure out what they need. We talk to different employers to figure out, you know, what are their key attributes they're looking for and how do they define them. So we're trying to make all of our processes smarter and and broader than just a formula, I guess, if that's answering your question.
0: Yeah, well, you know, it's really cool. I've heard that this technology is making its way into sports recruiting for coaches and for players. And so it's really cool seeing it expand through the entire industry as, you know, Everyone else that helps make the sports industry run, whether it's content creators or managers or marketers, you know, it's, it's cool to see that technology make its way across the entire industry.
1: It's so true. We've talked a lot about how teams use analytics to help them, you know, data-driven decision-making. They use data points over history to try to show them efficiencies in the market and in the game. And so when I was just talking to Dr. Todd on our podcast, he was saying, he's like one of the places that's somewhat untapped is in human resources, you know, using the data that we have available to us in human resources to determine future success in roles. And I think that's a pretty exciting field that all of us should be looking into a lot deeper.
0: Moving a little further into the changes in the sports industry, I feel like in the past few years, we've seen a lot of really cool changes. I think one of the biggest one is eSports. I mean, the fact that that is really catching on to the point where people not only consider it a viable sport along the same lines as any other of the more, you know, physically active sports is really cool to see that people are valuing the players and advertising them that way and people are going to the shows. And then we're also seeing, you know, a lot of new, well, not particularly new sports, but we're seeing them catch on like lacrosse. People are starting to really get into those teams and building a following around there. So, I think with those changes, there, there have to be new opportunities in careers. So how do you see all these changes in the sport industry being new avenues for people seeking a career in the sports world?
1: it is really interesting the eSports phenomenon is as I will fully admit blown me away I did not see this coming in any way shape or form having been in the sports industry for over about 20 years now I, I could see social media coming I could see analytics coming I could see some of these emerging sports even the you know the solo competitions like Tough mutter and Spartan races I could see those things making sense eSports, completely caught me off guard. When people started to talk about you know watching other people play video games, I was like, no, I don't see it. <laughs> and yet I was, I was probably the first to admit I am totally wrong. I mean, this thing has taken off. They have people filling stadiums. What's really cool about it is that you're going to see all the traditional jobs related to it, right? It's still event management. It's still community relations. There's still sales. There's still marketing. There's still promotions. There's all those you know revenue-driven jobs and finance and human resources and all those. But I think you're also going to see this bridge to a greater technology world where there's going to be a lot more done in the digital sphere. There's just going to be a lot more done on, you know, you you see things like Twitch and all these different programs that are to make esports more Visible and it's a totally different platform. I mean, you're so used to the world of sports revolving around an arena or a field. Now we're changing the whole game plan. You know, and there are a lot of emerging sports. I think as well, the MMA has grown a lot and will continue to. Lacrosse, as you as you mentioned, is growing. It used to be more of a northeastern, mid-Atlantic sport. Now that's growing outward, and there's more leagues coming out of that. I think the big one that we can look forward to is the 2026 World Cup coming to the United States and to North America? Yeah, it does for me too, and I'll tell you, I've been doing some research into this lately, and I think it's incredible. After the the last World Cup in Brazil, the Getulio Vargas Foundation, which is a think tank in Brazil, came out and said, in the four years prior to the World Cup, 14 million, million jobs were created in this region because of the event. And when you think of that, now a lot of these aren't gonna be like Quote unquote sports jobs. They're going to be hospitality jobs. They're going to be, you know, location based jobs in catering and, and food services and whatever else it may be. But a lot of those jobs, 14 million jobs coming to a region, that is a huge windfall of opportunity. And one of the other stories I like to tell is that when I worked at CNN, I had a friend, and this was 1998, let's say 1988, 1999, who left CNN and said, I'm going to work for the Salt Lake City Winter Olympics. And I'm like, Those aren't for another four years. And he's like, yeah, but the planning starts now and they offered me a job. And that puts so much in perspective is that this sort of thing, this this huge event on the horizon, Things are happening for that right now. Host cities are competing to be able to say, I want to have games in our arena here in Dallas or in Los Angeles or in Boston. There's going to be huge plans for surrounding events around the games on the local scene. I mean, there's going to be so much that comes out of this that people should get into now, People should be looking into opportunities for right now. And that, I think, is the big emerging thing we have on the horizon. They are expanding the field. It's going to go from 64 games to 80. There's going to be more games. There's going to be more events. A lot of the events from the quarterfinals on will all happen in the U.S. There'll be 16 venues in the United States, three venues in Canada, and three venues in Mexico. It's all going to be right here in our back door. And this is an opportunity people should be ready to seize on.
0: That's so exciting, the way that this can just happen from one day to the next you know surprise north america is going to be hosting the world cup and all of a sudden everyone just flips into super drive right the next mode and like okay we got to start planning this we got to do this we got to do this and now cities are like finding ways to employ new people and to bring new people on in different ways, it, it's cool seeing the sports industry bring jobs that aren't even necessarily in the sports industry. It's really a powerful thing.
1: The great thing for North America too is that we've seen past Olympics or past World Cups, they've shown like a couple years later, some of the arenas have become decrepit and it becomes this very visual of like, oh yeah, look at what's happened. You know, this stadium doesn't get used anymore and now it's overgrown and the ceiling tires are falling. And, you know, those are problems that come to other regions they try to build up arenas to host an event we don't have that issue here we have more than enough facilities and so the upside is huge here for not just jobs for but for local revenue and it's just a huge opportunity for this region
0: actually playing off of what we've just been talking about the idea of bringing new jobs to the scene i feel like especially in our nation Unemployment has been uh, at the forefront of a lot of conversation for for the past few years. You know, it's been plaguing several sectors of the nation and people are looking for ways to fix that. So looking into your crystal ball a little bit, how do you see the sports industry helping propel people out of unemployment, you know, let's say over the next five years?
1: Yeah, it's interesting. You know, I did a lot of research into the last recession in two thousand seven, two thousand eight. That range there. Andrew Zimbalist, who's one of the probably best known sports economists in our world, he came out afterwards and said his research indicated that the sports industry actually survived the recession better than just about any other industry. And the reason is is because people still want to spend their discretionary cash on some levels of entertainment. They want that escapism, and whether that's through the TV or that's going to a game or whatever it may be, the industry as a whole tends to survive recessions and downturns really well, which bodes well, I think, for us because unemployment, the number is very low right now. And yet I don't think that's going to be all that sustainable. We've had 10 years of decreasing unemployment. And I think that if you look at the cycles over history, I think I read recently that there's never been a upward cycle of more than nine years. So we're almost already in uncharted territory. We're probably going to see some retractions in unemployment. Uh, There's going to be higher unemployment numbers. And when that comes, I I think it's, it's more important than ever for people to have really deep seated skill sets, you know, to really have levels of experience and skills that are necessary in the industry because that's you're gonna be your way, your way to differentiate yourself. Again, getting back to our earlier part of the conversation, you're not going to be able to just walk in the door and be a sports fan. That's not going to be good enough. You're going to have to have a deep skill set that's going to be appealing to the market. The market's a tough place. In sports, it's extremely competitive. I interviewed the Philadelphia Eagles talent acquisition manager names Colleen's goals and she said sometimes for for job openings, they'll have a thousand people apply. Now, she also admitted she said only 20 to 25% of them are actually qualified for the job. So, 80% of those people, 800 people, are just throwing their resume out because it sounds cool to work in sports and they would love to work for their hometown team, but they might not have any skill set. She's pretty much able to cut it down to 20% of the applicants just by analyzing whether they have any qualifications. But it's still this enormous like push. Like People just love the idea of working in the sports industry, which makes it highly competitive. And if you're going to get into the game, you have to be able to stand out for the right reasons. And it's not just who you know. It's not just having some fancy connection. It's having a skill set. Of course, it helps to know people. It helps to be networked and connected. But really if you have a deep skill set and you're personable and get to know people and you can sell yourself because we're all salesmen in a way, salespeople, then you're set up for success. And that's the way that I see the next five years. I think there will be some global downticks in employment. I think you'll see the unemployment number rise, but I think the sports industry will be able to weather it. And I think actually what we just talked about, that the 2026 World Cup will actually be a Pretty big part of that. That's going to bring some great opportunities for people. And like you said, esports, lacrosse, there's a lot of emerging sports. And the power of some of our major leagues, you know, Major League Baseball and the NHL and NFL and, and NBA are they're still growing. They're growing fields, and uh, a lot of big businesses are still investing. So you can't beat that.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's it's just exciting to see that the sports and entertainment industry is continuing to explode. And, you know, there's there's really no end in sight. It's just it's the growth is continuous because the industry itself is ever changing. So, yeah, it's it's really an exciting time, I think, to get into the sports world. So if people out there have a passion for it and and they think they have applicable skills, then, you know, let's let's dive in. They should go for it. Yeah. So I want want to thank you again, Brian, for coming on the podcast and giving us this insight. You know, I, I feel like it's an exciting time to hop in. So, yeah, thanks again for coming on.
1: Oh, it's my pleasure, Daniel. Thanks for the conversation.
0: And thank you, everyone, for listening to today's podcast. And if you'd like to find out more or listen to previous episodes, you can head to marketscale.com slash industries and subscribe to your favorite podcasts, articles, and video content from your favorite industries. I'm your host, Daniel Litwin. Till next time.